Welcome to this GemTrain Autism Guidance presentation. We believe in connecting loving parents with beautiful children through inspiring training content. We understand how it can feel to have these challenges. Sometimes you can end up feeling so alone and overwhelmed. We know you love your child and we want to support you and help you overcome the challenges of autism. This free content is our gift to you. My name is Jess and I am a yoga instructor. I have my 500 hour yoga certification with the Yoga Alliance. I started teaching kids yoga as a volunteer when I was working in Texas to help out families who were at risk for their kids being unhealthy or overweight or different things like that. And so I started to just adapt yoga practice to fit in with the needs of those people. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. And ever since then, for the last four years, I've been teaching a lot of yoga. And I'm qualified to teach several different types, including yoga nidra and guided meditation. And I also have a lot of experience teaching yoga to children and also meditation techniques to children. Um, I also have a little brother who has autism and he is the sweetest thing in the whole world to me. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, and growing up with him, learning all these different techniques to help him calm down when he would be stemming or anything like that, uh, just kind of helped me develop just a love and a passion for special needs community and especially our friends with autism uh, are on the spectrum. <clears throat> And um, I don't know, I think that I just love working with kids. There's something so special about the genuine aspect of how they interact and nothing is more true than that with kids with autism because they're just there to be who they are going to be. and we have the responsibility to love and accept them as they are. And um, certain things that we can do to help them, um, maybe there's certain things that we can do to help them stay calm when things start to get really stressful because sometimes being in a world where there's a lot of stimulation, it can be hard to calm down. So something that's really, really important is to uh, work on meditation. That's not just important for kids with autism, it's also important for grown-ups because life gets crazy sometimes and uh, we kind of constantly live in this state of fight-or-flight response. I mean just think about when you're driving in traffic, it's just like loud sounds, stressful situation, you're trying to be aware of all your surroundings all the time and we're kind of constantly in this state of overwhelm. And that's also true for kids with autism is sometimes you can be in this constant state of sensory overload, fight or flight response, everything like that. And so meditation helps us get into the opposite mode where we work on the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest, the, the calm, relaxing, trying to get to sleep, calming your breath. There's just little techniques that we can do to calm the body down, lower the heart rate, and they help everybody. They help everybody. And um, especially 
when people are in a stress out mode, <laughs> when they're when somebody's having a panic attack or when somebody's feeling really, really overwhelmed, it's really important to have these practices set in place before you get into this mode so that when you get into that stressful situation, your mind can get into that habit response of calming down and relaxing a little bit. I started teaching kids when my son was about one years old and it's just stuck ever since and I absolutely love it. Um, teaching kids probably teaches me more than I teach them. But with that being said, we learn a lot from each other. Um, I also have a little brother who is on the spectrum and growing up with a brother with autism was such an important part for me to understand how to connect with children as I teach yoga. Um, throughout the years that I've taught, I've interacted with kids with a lot of different abilities, learning disabilities, kids that are on the spectrum as well, um, and maybe with more sensory issues, different things like that. And being able to kind of combine all of those different uh, struggles together into a class that can meet the needs of everybody has been really important to my teaching. So we know that uh, kids on the spectrum tend to struggle regulating their emotions and that there can sometimes be a disconnect or maybe even they try to regulate their emotions but it's not in the most effective way um, and meditation can help to connect the mind and body become aware of the emotions and even learn to regulate in a way that is effective and sometimes there are certain behaviors that are done that maybe aren't considered socially acceptable and meditation can teach techniques that will help calm the body that are a little bit more inconspicuous and help when someone's in a public situation uh, to calm down and and regulate the emotions again. I'm really excited to show you this and I'm right here at home just to show you how easy it is that you can just practice this wherever you are Practice this in the comfort of your own home. You don't need to go to a yoga studio to practice this, although that's also a great place to go if, if that works with you. Um, for our next one, kind of like when we were making that mmm sound and we could feel the buzzing in the throat, we're gonna do a bumblebee breath. So this time we're actually going to make that buzzing sound. And it's also good to maybe bring your hands to different parts of the body to feel where the vibration, you can maybe even sometimes feel it in your forehead when you make that buzzing sound. So to start, take a big breath in, and then bzzz, and then hold that for as long as you can <laughs> and feel where the different buzzing feelings are. Okay, for this next one, it's called candle breath and you'll need a candle to do this one. So I'm just gonna light this candle. It can be any kind of candle, preferably one where the flame is a little bit higher. Sometimes the candles can get really down low and it's kind of hard to see it. But for candle breath, we are going to focus on making the candle wiggle. So with the candle up high, it's easy to see when it moves. So right now there's no wind and you can kind of see that the candle is holding really, really still and the flame isn't moving. So sometimes during meditation, it can really help just to focus on the flame. There's something so magical about looking at fire that can just kind of be relaxing a little bit. 
To incorporate breath into this a little bit more, we'll try to make the candle wiggle a few times before blowing it out completely. So we'll take a big breath in through the nose and then slowly breathe out just to make the candle wiggle. And you can play around with different speeds or intensities of the breath. Just try to make it a challenge so that you don't blow out the candle all the way. So finally, now that we made the candle wiggle a couple of times, we're gonna blow it all the way out. So take a big breath in so that you have enough wind to blow it out. Awesome. And that's our candle breath. So the next exercise is called snake breath and it's just like our bumblebee breath and our hot chocolate breath where we are making those vibrations by making different sounds. So this time we are going to hiss like a snake and that really changes and this could be a little bit overwhelming for some people. This might not be as calming. It could be calming. You'll have to kind of see what works for you or your child. Um, but sometimes that hissing sound, it's a really high-pitched sound, the way that our ears register. Um, so that could be overstimulating for people, or it could be really calming, so it just depends. So this one's just like bumblebee breath. We sit up tall, take a big breath in, and then It's really important to try to hold that exhale as long as you can and to breathe in for as long as you can as well. So once again, you'll just repeat that as many times as you need. So with all of these breathing exercises, the candle breath, the hot chocolate breath, the bumblebee breath, they're all really important to practice when things are calm, when the child is in a place where, or the person, when the person is in a place where they feel comfortable and relaxed already so you can build up the habit of doing it because if this is only implemented when someone's having an emotional breakdown or having a tantrum or different things like that it's not really going to work it has to be put into practice beforehand but when it is put into practice beforehand and used on a regular basis then the mind will automatically be able to get into this place and if it's a practice that's already implemented it'll be so much easier when the brain is kind of going crazy uh, to start it back up again for the next one this is a really good way if there's any sort of stemming where somebody wants to um, move the hands a lot or rock back and forth or different things this can be a way to kind of get some motion going in the body and and kind of uh, get some motion going in the body and help to regulate any overstimulation. Uh, this is perfect for it. So this is called our thunderstorm. So we're going to start just by rubbing the hands together for the wind. And if you can, it's really important to try and keep breathing nice and deep while you do this in through the nose and out through the mouth or maybe in and out through the nose. So we're going to rub the hands together. This is our wind, this is our wind, and it's starting to rain, and we're gonna snap the fingers. You can't quite snap the fingers, it's okay to just tap the fingers back and forth. We're gonna snap the fingers for that rain coming down. We'll do this for a few more breaths. And then the rain's starting to get harder, so we're gonna tap on our legs. The rain's getting harder, it's getting harder. 
and it might even feel good to make some hail. So let's make some hail. You'll make some fists and kind of pound on the legs or pound on the ground. Just make some noise. And it's okay to move however much you want to right now. And then it's getting so hard that there's lightning and thunder. So we're gonna have our thunder and lightning and thunder and lightning and thunder and lightning. And we're gonna keep going and then we're gonna make our way all the way back down to that hard rain or the hard hail. Keep breathing deep. Good, and then it starts to rain a little bit softer. And then it's just wind. Good, and then we'll bring the hands to the knees. Take a big breath in. And breathe all the way out. Good. So that was really short. You can do that for as long as you want. It's a really good practice to be able to pound the feet on the ground and to clap the hands and do whatever feels good. Um, but yeah, it can be done for as long as you want it to be done. So the rainstorm breath is really beneficial because there are some of these different repetitive movements that can help calm the body down, just like you're trying to achieve when stemming is happening. We hope you're enjoying this Gem Train Autism Guidance presentation. We invite you to help this important effort continue by becoming a patron of Gem Train on Patreon. By joining, you will get access to new and exclusive content and get to offer your ideas for future content. You can find the link in the description or simply search for GemTrain on Patreon today. So our next exercise is going to be called shoulder squeeze. And this is really important for practicing when the body gets really tense, filled with a lot of emotion that involves the body getting really tense. And you'll notice that as somebody is getting more and more stressed, they tend to bring their shoulders up a little bit more. When you're really angry, sometimes we make fists with our hands or different parts of our bodies get really tense. Maybe we squeeze through the stomach or we round through the spine, different things like that. And this is really important to practice that tension and then the release. So having the balance of tension and release and that habit in the mind will be really beneficial in those moments when the stress is starting to take over and you're feeling the tension so that the natural response is to then recognize, oh, I'm tense right now and I need to relax. So we'll start by taking a big breath in. And at the top of your breath, you're gonna hold your breath and squeeze all of your muscles, squeeze every part of your body, scrunch your face, close your eyes really, really tight, squeeze every muscle of your body, and then release the breath. Another thing that we tend to do when we're really stressed or really overstimulated is to hold the breath. So tensing while we hold the breath and then releasing that helps bring your awareness to when that is happening. And that's really the important part of meditation as a whole, is just bringing your awareness to your natural tendencies and how you naturally behave and checking in with some of those habits that you may have formed and making them part of your routine in a better way or maybe changing them or eliminating them altogether. This next breath exercise is called bunny breath. And this one is more energizing rather than calming. And so it could be beneficial when maybe you're needing to wake up in the morning or um, <laughs> this 
this breath exercise is really beneficial anytime you're working on trying to get moving. So sometimes it can be, maybe you didn't have a very good night's sleep and you're trying to wake up in the morning and get going. This is a perfect one. <laughs> so it's kind of a tricky one. And basically what we're going to do is focus all of our breathing on the exhale. So we're gonna exhale so fast that the natural response is in to breathe in. So it's kind of like a bunny when you think about a little bunny sniffing their nose. So we'll just start with taking a big breath in. And as you, I don't know if you could tell, but I was breathing out so fast that I didn't even have to pay attention to breathing in. The natural response was just my body breathed in. And so another thing you can do is bring your hands to your belly and your belly moves in and out a lot when you do this one. So this could also potentially be beneficial to get the bowels moving. If there's any backup and digestion, this can be helpful to get the, the, just some movement going through the lower bowel, the lower stomach. And we know that digestion can be an issue with children with autism. And another thing that's really important is the connection between the gut and the brain. So trying to connect those two by using the breath and moving the stomach can hopefully be helpful and beneficial in digestion. So the next breath, breath exercise we're going to work on is called shoulder squeeze. So this is really important for when you might notice that when you're feeling really angry or really stressed, you begin to tense the body, make some fists with your hands, or maybe you start to bring your shoulders up towards your ears, or maybe you get a lot of tension in the back of your neck, just kind of this fight or flight response. And this is really important to help develop a habit of then releasing the tension when that starts. So we'll start on the in-breath by breathing in really, really deep. And once you get to the top of your breath, hold that breath and squeeze every muscle of your body as much as you can. Squeeze your eyes closed, squeeze your tummy, squeeze your legs, squeeze your feet. Make everything as tight as you can. Maybe bring your shoulders all the way up towards your ears. And then when you exhale, release. So another thing that happens when we get really tense is we tend to hold the breath. So this helps to uh, marry the two aspects of body response to stress that happens is that holding the breath and the tensing of the body. So once again, if this is practiced before, overwhelmment happens, then hopefully as the habit develops, you'll be able to recognize, oh, I'm getting really tense and now I need to calm down. So that's a really important part of meditation and mindfulness in general, is just being aware of where your body is at different states. Because we tend our brain to function in the most efficient way possible is to develop habits. And sometimes those habits can be really good and sometimes they can not be so good. So the habit of tensing up the body and holding the breath can be changed. Our, our brains are able to change our habits and so as we develop these new habits, hopefully they will take hold over these ones that are a little bit more destructive, whether that be um, different movements that are not as productive or anything like that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'll do the snake breath too, and I need to say that it goes behind the bumblebee breath again. Yeah. So it'll go back there. So I'll do the snake breath and 
So snake breath is just like our bumblebee breath and when we were making that mmm sound when we had our hot chocolate, it creates kind of a little bit of a different vibration. And this time we're making a really hot pitched vibration when we make the hissing sound. So we're gonna hiss just like a snake. So on your big breath in, and then you're gonna hiss. Make sure you go all the way until the breath is completely out. And when you breathe in, same thing, we wanna fill up the lungs Excuse me. On the big breath in, we want to fill up the lungs really, really full. And then as we breathe out, we want to bring that breath all the way out. So this one can be a little bit um, overstimulating for some populations, and it just depends on the person. So because it's that high-pitched sound, that might be too overwhelming with how it triggers in the ears or whatever. So just take that into account and notice that maybe instead of doing the hissing, you could just do a hum and try to have that be a low hum. Mm. So now we're ready to move on to mudras and mudra is just a way that you hold your hands. It's just a very simple thing that can help calm the body down. And I'm sure you've seen people in a yoga class with their pointer and thumbs together. And there's actually something to that. There's little things that can help calm the body down. And we'll start first with what's called, what is called Cooper's posture. And it was developed by a scientist who was trying to help find a way to calm the body down. And this specific one helps by bringing the two hemispheres of the brain together. So anytime you do something that's across the body, so even bringing your right hand over to your left leg and twisting, anything that's across the central line of the body helps bring the hemispheres of the brain together. And when the hemispheres of the brain are working together, things just run a lot more smoothly. You're a lot more clear with your communication, you're a lot more aware of the present surroundings and once again just things seem to function a lot better when the two sides of the brain and the body are working together so for this cooper's posture we bring our arms out really really wide and then we cross at the elbows and then flip the hands like you're going to clap your hands with your arms crossed you'll interlock the fingers and then bring the hands under and the elbows down so that the hands that are interlocked are right against the chest and you'll notice that you have a natural tendency to cross the hands one way if you want to change it a little bit you'll do it just the opposite you'll bring what feels like the not common one you'll bring the arms which feel like the not common arm on top of the other way. So kind of just switch the cross and just notice how that feels different. And if you want to, it, might, it feels weird because it's not the natural way to do it, but that's another way to use this. So anyway, you'll be in your comfortable place with the Cooper's posture. You can rest your chin on your fingers, but wherever you're at with your chin or whichever hands are crossed, just take some deep breaths here. And this mimics actually getting a hug. There are certain responses that happen when you get a hug from a person. There's this connection, these endorphins that come through. Everybody needs like 12 hugs a day. That might not be true with all of our friends on the autism spectrum because they don't have control of the pressure of the hugs. So this is really, really beneficial because they have control of the tension, how long the hug lasts, everything like that. So they can get the same benefits that maybe they wouldn't get because they don't prefer hugs from another person. 
So this is really good to just practice. You can practice with any, practice this, ugh. You can practice this with any of the breathing techniques that we talked about just before. So you could do this with your bumblebee breath. You could do this with the snake breath. You could do this with the bunny breath, anything. So sometimes when we watch someone color and do something action-wise, it's more focused, then we can be more aware of the subtle emotions that are going on when there might not be words to explain what a person is feeling. So with people on the spectrum, they might have a hard time explaining what they're feeling. So instead, coloring out the feelings could be a way for them to express what's going on inside. Another nonverbal way of communicating emotion is with by the tension that you might squeeze or how you might interact with another person. So with my little brother, he used to do this thing where if he was really angry, he would squeeze your hand really, really hard. And if he was feeling happy and nice, he would either like ask for back scratches or he would just kind of like gently rub his hand along another person's hand. So I know that that varies from person to person. Some people might not like physical contact, but for some people who do, you might offer your hand and say, show me how you're feeling. And if they squeeze your hand really hard, maybe that's a sign they need to practice calming down. Or maybe that just shows that they are stressed and overwhelmed and you can just acknowledge that and let them know it's okay to have these emotions and then we can work through and work towards getting to a calming place. And this goes with all of the different um, practices that we're doing here that emotions aren't bad. If you have angry emotions, that's not bad. If you're frustrated, that's not bad. There's nothing bad about emotions. It's just a natural response that our body has. It's just the way that we respond either physically or verbally that it can become a problem. So if we're getting really angry and like punching a wall, that's not okay. We're gonna have a broken house if we do that every time. Um, so instead, acknowledging those emotions and, and maybe even say, it's okay to be angry. I feel angry sometimes too. And, and maybe talking about what the person feels angry about or having them draw a picture about what they feel angry about if they're more able to draw out like a scene of something, if they're writing a story about the situation they're angry about. Sometimes it just helps. It's like when we get really frustrated and we want someone to talk to about what's going on, there just needs to be that opportunity for the release of emotion. And just try to be creative with different ways that if your child or the person on the spectrum isn't as verbal that they can communicate in a way that doesn't require verbal communication. Again, be that coloring, be that squeezing the hand, different actions. I have such a special place in my heart for people on the spectrum. My brother is on the spectrum and he is just the sweetest angel of light in our families. And he has taught us how me and all my siblings and my parents, how to just love him the way he is. And I have so much respect for my parents and for other parents who are working with children on the spectrum because I see how hard it can be. It's, it's such a long, you're in it for the long haul and it can be really disheartening sometimes. I know that caregiving can be really overwhelming and there can even sometimes 
be feelings of resentment that you might then feel bad about for having those feelings of resentment, but it's hard. It's hard to be a caregiver, especially of a person on the spectrum. And, but the fact that you're watching this video right now shows that you are doing good things for your child and that you care and that is the most important thing. And just take the time to appreciate yourself for the work that you're doing and that you're doing the best that you can and that the most important thing that you can give to your child is love. And that's what it's all about. Even if you're maybe not, feel like you're not doing things the right way or maybe you have times where you just get really overwhelmed, that's okay, that happens to all of us and this is such a big challenge. But loving yourself for where you're at and knowing that the love that you give to your child is the most important thing that's all that really matters in the end. You're doing a really important thing and you're making such a big difference in your child's life and so many other lives around that you don't even know that you're making an impact on. Um, I feel like our world is a better place with all the variety that we have, including our beautiful friends who are on the spectrum. They provides so much opportunity for us to learn true love and compassion and um, I just want to say thanks for doing what you're doing and and I'm, I'm cheering you on and I know lots of other people are cheering you on too and I know <laughs> I know it's hard I know I've said that multiple times I know it's hard but you're doing something so important. And my blessings to you. Namaste. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation and that you feel our sincere desire to help you overcome the challenges of autism. We invite you to help this important effort continue by becoming a patron of GemTrain on Patreon today. By joining, you will get access to new and exclusive content and get to offer your ideas for future content. You can find the link in the description or simply search for GemTrain on Patreon. A better relationship is waiting, and we're glad we can be a part of your success.